name is Curtis Christopher Green, and I'm running for the position of mayor, Detroit City. Please share your Detroit background and relationship to Detroit. Your history of being a Detroiter. Well, I'm a lifelong Detroiter. I've uh, been to all Detroit public school systems. Uh, got, I graduated in 2003 from high school, from Central High School, uh, between uh, on Tuxedo and Linwood. Uh, also the first school in the city of Detroit, uh, high school rather, should I say. So uh, I got a rich history with the city, you know, uh, grew up just like mostly everybody did that grew up around in these parts on the west side. It was real rough, got in some trouble, but later on down the line, got it all together. You know, uh, met some great people like Keith Bennett, the Flip the Script program, went through the Flip the Script program, you know, uh, and they got me college proficient because I had forgot all my education uh, in that like five year space or something. So it was, it was a story, you know, my, my reading was, was like fourth grade and my math was third grade. They got me college proficient in, in three and a half, four months. And uh, went on to get my master's in uh, marketing, bachelor's in marketing, nine doctoral credits. I would have continued on in my doctorate, but I couldn't afford uh, to do my residencies. You know, my father had passed in 2013 right after I got my uh, my BA. So it was real hard um, financially because, you know, he was was helping to support, though we all were doing our own thing at that time. You know, my father was like a pillar to my family. And when he fell, it, we, were, we were in disarray. So uh, essentially getting into the political arena saved me, but that wasn't the reason why I got into politics. My ex-girlfriend was killed in 2011. And the first, you know, uh, act of activism I did was to go look for her with three, Detroit 300. I'm talking about Jasmine Light. Uh, it's documented. Well, we didn't find her two months later. They found her in the river. And um, I felt like I failed her because like when I saw that we weren't on the right page, I just kind of like backed off because I wanted to go to school and she wanted to be in the streets. And I know how that thing works, you know, uh, even though she was was she just liked to be around that atmosphere. You know, some girls like to be around bad guys. That, that's, so is that what led you to run for office? When she got killed, yes. I mean, uh, that's that was what led me to activism. What led me to run to office? I was completely done with politics after I had worked on a Biden campaign. I was like, oh, yo, I'm, I saved up five figures. I'm like, I'm going to start me a restaurant. And everybody flaked out on me. Everybody. It was unbelievable. They didn't think I was going to save the money anyway, probably. So they decided not to. So I'm working in this plant. And I'm hating it. People stealing from me at this job. And I read a news article. And uh, it said four out of every 10 families in Detroit are in dire poverty. And something said, son, you got to run again. You got to try one more time. And that was it. You know, uh, I, I went and drew petitions. First, I was still trying to work with, you know, the job. But then they talking about my position. had got canceled. And they had me working on these like conveyor belts, uh, doing a barcode for other seats at the uh, Bronco plant. Bronco would make seats, Bronco and Ranger, while I was at the, at the Lear plant over there off of Shoemaker. So, you know, it, it was, uh, it's just a thing, man. And I figured, what I get my master's degree for? I know I had a history, but you know, I was one of the first to get Project Clean Slate in the state. So I, I signed up for that last year when 
when people still thought like it really wasn't going to be about anything. So, you know, uh, and I'm really about improving poverty in Detroit. I mean, that's my platform. I studied Ayanna Presley's guaranteed job bill, and I've looked and seen, looked around the country. You know, Detroit is number one, the most dangerous place in the country again this year. And the reason it's that way is because people don't have opportunities and people are going to find a way. What is your understanding of the duties of the office you are running for? Well, the duties of mayor, you're executive director of uh, all major things happening in the city, like new buildings, uh, some events, um, making sure that the lighting authority is what it should be, making sure the port authority is what it should be. And also, you make sure you're taking care of uh, the water board, make sure all your people are together. What is it? 13 departments in the mayor's administration. You make sure you select the person that's most qualified or how it has been for the years, your buddy, you know, that type of thing. So, you know, the, uh, the mayor has so many responsibilities. I think he hires like maybe 150 people, but that's, that's on the, on the back end. The, the most important thing is who you get to fill those positions. And it's not all about, basically who is your friend and and who you like, it's about who you can do the job. So the people, I would put my administration with people more so who could do the job more than my friends because I know how my friends are. Hey man, we not about to go chill on break and go get some donuts, especially when we got a lot of stuff to do. That's just, that's how I am. What is your position on water shutoffs and water affordability in the city of Detroit? That's actually in my 10 points to rebuild uh, the city on my, on my platform, it's on my uh, website. What I would do is, yes, well, what I would do is I would make provisions to find out why the cost is what it is so we can get people on affordable plans ASAP and try to find money so people, so we can get paid like through a grant program instead of having people indebted for something that's not even supposed to be that high. I was told by a council member a few years ago, I'm not gonna say her name, but they don't even know what you really owe for the water plant. They just essentially giving people bills. How that works, I have no idea. So they're just like taking rough estimates and giving it to people. So, and this is from that, something I heard from the inside, you know, uh, something that's not gonna be common knowledge but it's, it's a reality because at that point, when that person spoke on that, that's when before it was way before the pandemic, but it still was like a real a major problem it was 100,000 people who lost their water. What's your position on the repayment of residents who have been overassessed and overpaid property taxes? Well, uh, I really feel like more more along the lines of the same thing, something that needs to be granted to these people because these people have been wrong. I would urge federal colleagues to get involved in that because that was robbery. How can you give somebody's money away, you know, uh, as over assessment and also people who lost their pensions through the bankruptcy with Jones Day. Those people were still, a lot of them passed away during the uh, COVID thing though, you know, unfortunately, but a lot of those people are still alive and they have nothing to rely on anymore. What's your definition of police reform? Do you feel it's needed in Detroit? If so, in what ways? What is your position on facial recognition technology? Well, police reform is when 
you go to a police department that hasn't been really effective and you start changing the way officers are trained and how they interact with residents and whatever respective community that they're in due to whatever is that community's norms, supposedly. But that never really happens. I mean, maybe it's the inside boys club thing, who knows? But when they hit the streets, it's never as it's supposed to be. After all they said they were gonna do after, uh, before, when they, when they kicked in the door and shot the little girl, uh, what, what was it, before Gabby? Was that before Gabby? When they killed the little girl in the house? Where well, the police did that? That, wouldn't, that wasn't that long ago, you know, and uh, it's a lot of, lot of things, missteps that they have taken, like when they strangled, well, almost, I ain't gonna say strangled, would we'll, we'll choke the girl out from Detroit Will Breathe. I mean, it's a woman, man, you don't have to go that far, and especially she wasn't armed, you know? So it's, it's, it's a lot of things you can say, but really it's about the leadership. James Craig was a conservative. He policed like a conservative. He even gave the KKK police escort when they came downtown. I was there. I saw it. So, you know, um, I would sit in the 80% black city. I would have black leadership, strong leadership, and somebody that could identify with young black men and young black women because young black women are getting killed too. And, it, and it's essential. What about the facial recognition piece? Well, facial recognition... Well, what what do you think it has done with and it was it facial recognition is it's also with Project Greenlight. I believe some of those uh, cameras do have facial recognition technology. We're still the most dangerous city in the country. You tell me what it's done. How would you enhance Detroit's neighborhoods, and which neighborhoods would be your priority? Any specific one? All neighborhoods would be priority. I'm I'm not somebody that's going to try to penalize somebody for being successful or something like that. But my neighborhoods like this neighborhood here where I grew up around, they need, we need to be priority because, I mean, the mom and pop element is, is virtually gone. You know, uh, people don't really know anything about the programs that go on for the city. Like I found out about Flip the Script because uh, Mary Kwame Kilpatrick got on the radio. You know, uh, it wasn't nobody who, who knew something about Flip the Script in my neighborhood really but me. And and that is an issue with a lot of uh, opportunities, people they just don't know. And people wanna get ahead, but they don't know how. So these are areas where I can speak to people and tell them how, things that I've done to put myself in a better position, not to say that I'm out of the woods now because I struggle just like everybody else, but I do it more comfortably because I'm obedient in the way that I spend in things now. You know, also it's a, it's a maturity thing, it comes with until you're able to save some money up that was yours and that you work for, it's really hard, you know, to try to tell somebody how to conduct themselves as an adult if you have never done it before. You see what I'm saying? So even if you live with people you got still, if, if you have to maintain your own will, you respect it differently. So the resources that I would put my hands, it won't be misappropriated like the failure with the blight and Obama gave you 430 million, then you turn around and get 220 more. What's happening? It's still the same, but maybe worse. So it's, it's, it's things that I just would do, just be steadfast, 
and doing what I'm saying, I'm going to do, you know, I'm, anybody asking you nothing, for, nothing scientific, just make things better. That's all you have to do. What is your plan and position on abandoned properties like schools throughout the city of Detroit owned by the Land Bank Authority? Well, what I've learned in these eight years, going on nine years that I've been in politics is you can get legislation speeded up for the things that you want to get taken care of. It's the things that you look like that are not that significant that gets pushed on the back burner. That's essentially what happened. He put legislation in front of, uh, well, Whitmer put legislation in front of him for Project Clean, clean, clean Slate because he wasn't on board with that. Then he hopped on. Anything major that needs to happen, all you have to do is be firm and stand on it. Get people to see if more people are successful, Detroit will have more money. Detroit is, is, is poor now. We never was this poor 20 years, this poor before 20 years ago. The reason why it is, is because people don't have the opportunities. And unemployment is crazy. It's, it's over 30%. We put us in, we're number two in the country. And that's what I'm saying. You say, when you say words like resurgence and comeback city, and all you have to show is the river walk, I, I mean, something is seriously wrong. Are you familiar with and what is your position on the Detroiters' Bill of Rights? Well, um, the, the Charter Commission, man, it's, we have problems in Detroit we shouldn't have. All that's in the charters is the rules and regulations of everything as far as your powers as a political official, what can and cannot happen while campaigning, and nobody really follows this stuff, I'm gonna be honest. People that's, in, that's incumbent, they're not supposed to have their staffers out campaigning for them, and all of them do it. So, you know, um, it's just, I would advocate more for the charter getting a little respect, because nobody respects it. And when you don't respect the residents' bills of rights, what is that telling you? The people that's, it's authoritarian, that's not democracy. And that's essentially what's happened with Detroit as far as suppression in the media and so forth. It's suppression. They don't, they don't believe in democracy here. They just want the people who got money to be able to speak for everybody. And they can't speak for everybody because they are the most out of touch. What do you see as the future of Detroit? What I see as the future of Detroit is uh, like with the high Detroit dream, Detroit incentive that will for, for uh, population retention because we have a major bleed. Um, I believe we were under, what was it? We were under 660,000 population. Every since Doug been in office, we done lost probably like 80,000 people or close to 80,000 people every year. I mean, if somewhere is that great and it's resurging, why are all these people running away? They can't find opportunities, gentrification, uh, redlining. A man told me when I ran last time, his house was plastered in, in, um, in English Village. His house, they said, was worth 60000 uh, No, his house was brick. The house next to him was plastered. It was worth 120000 So, you know, it's just all kind of injustice. How is this, this man's house next door to him worth double? It is. It is brick. It's, you know, racism is blatant and it's been here, but it just got more prevalent when Duggan got into office and all his rich buddies could just come in and start to basically spread their root, let their roots sprout, you know, uh, 
Dan Gilbert is a Trump supporter. Everybody know it, but everybody know that's Duggan, main guy. Everybody know Duggan grew up Republican. You know, all, all the stuff people know, but yet people worship those who, have, who are rich. So that's the issue. They just, I mean, because it's not because of what he's doing. He helped a few to, to uh, ignore many. I mean, the guy who got the store, the 313 store, I mean, how many people got a store or sell clothes you know that's black that went to Duggan? I can't even count them all. How come he is the one getting all of the juice? Because why? You see what I'm saying? There's, there's no reason. He was the one they picked so they could ignore everybody else. That's the strategy. Why should Detroiters vote for you? Well, Detroiters should vote for me because I'm going to get the job done. I'm a no-nonsense person, but I'm also fun-loving, and I'm also a person that's going to make sure that you know Detroit is where you need to be at. Nobody is going to be saying, uh, Detroit anymore if I get in. Trust me.